Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. That last change there. Humble Farmer here. Thank you for listening. Going to see if we can get through this one. I never thought he'd do it. I never, never thought he'd do it. But my friend Winky started to visit a psychiatrist. And, of course, the first thing I wanted to know the first time I saw him was whether or not it had helped his constipation. And Winky said, no, it didn't. But now... 
I know why I have it. We'd like to close with an uptune, an original, on Pacific Jazz, again by Russ Freeman. Happy Little Sunbeam. minutes you've been listening to the Chet Baker Quartet featuring Russ Freeman at the piano, Carson Smith, bass, Bob Neal on drums, and the trumpet of Chet Baker. This group will be here for two weeks to be... Well, we're glad to hear that, and now we know who was playing on there. You know, you know about the mirror suspended from the ceiling over my desk in my solar radiant heated cellar, and this mirror enables me to see out the cellar window. And what I see when I look out through the cellar window is a mirror on the garage, and this mirror on the garage is angled so I can see the rhubarb stand out front by the road. I can look it up and see the rhubarb on the stand. My friend Charlie Wing was impressed with my mirror system. Charlie said it had to do with the law of optical rays, and when he told me about it, I realized that it completely destroyed the logic in a reading book that I may have had it in school in 1941. It was one of those old beacon readers. And as I recall, it said, I can see you. Can you see me? Now, any child who knew about the law of reflection who read that in 1941 would have snorted and raised his head and said, what a fool question that is. Of course, by the law of reflection, anyone who can see a person in a mirror can, in return, also be seen by that person. Do you find it interesting that it was 74 years before someone called that to my attention?
Mary Lou Williams. Nice CD that my friend, I should say our friend Louise sent. Played so many, many good things that Louise has been kind enough to send our way over the past 20, 30 years. Winky was talking with a rich man who just tied his boat up by a dock in Terence Harbour. And in the course of the conversation, the rich man told Winky that he was born into this world without a penny. And Winky said, When I was born, I owed $8,000.
farmer where with any luck at all you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite station thank you for listening i am the humble farmer at gmail.com of course i'd love to hear from you are you the kind of person who never puts anything away after using it because it's too much bother i mentioned to my friend mike mike was here the other day and i mentioned to mike that i have trouble finishing things I don't, listen to this I don't even like to button up my shirt when I put it on in the morning because it takes too much time buttoning up a shirt is a lot of bother do you know what I'm talking about here and while we're on no things considered here's another question do you believe that old men live longer if they are married my wife, Marcia, the almost perfect woman, reminds me to eat. She reminds me to take a shower. And when she heard that, radio friend Peg said, Most men don't need reminders to eat, although I can think of a couple who might benefit from a shower. Thank you. 
gets in and gets out. What a what a nice touch, huh? The name of that was Clean Pickin', but it sounded suspiciously to you like just you, just me. Do you remember way back that when President George W. Bush visited Iraq, an Iraqi man threw a shoe at him? Is that any way to treat a world leader who for eight long years did everything in his power to promote world peace? Oh, <laughs> 
that baby, whoever she may be, she's gonna be mine, I know. I walk right up beside her and she, I'll say that she took something from me. I'll have her pinched, have a policeman take her to jail. Pinch, that'll come back and I'll go her bail. They'll wonder how I ever cop her tea. I'd love to adopt her, say, who's that baby Ukulele Ike. One day, my wife Marcia, the almost perfect woman, cried out from the kitchen. It seems as the can opener had stalled halfway through opening a can of chicken noodle soup or something, and I, I ended up bending the can enough to dump out the soup, got it into a pan. Later, I washed off the can. I washed off the can opener. And I filmed myself trying to get the can opener off by following the directions printed on the back of the thing. Well, I ended up I ended up cutting the can apart with tin snips. I think I put two new batteries in the can opener, which enabled me to get it going and eject the tin. This was a little while ago I did this. I put the film of myself fumbling with the operation up on Blip, which is something like YouTube. And the point of all is that a woman wrote a review of this blip piece of me fumbling with the can opener and said that it had a zen-like quality, zen, Z-E-N. This woman said that my piece had a zen-like quality to it. Of course, I googled zen-like quality because I didn't know what it was. But even after I googled it, I couldn't find out what zen-like quality meant. Oh, Yes. I found dozens of sentences in which people had used the phrase Zen-like quality, but I could not find one single page that would define Zen-like quality. So, I got thinking about this. Here's another common but undefined phrase that clutters up our language. I'm going to file Zen-like quality alongside of it. That phrase is Meaningful relationship. Does the term meaningful relationship have a zen-like quality to it?
If, if you have never heard Mary Lou Williams before, I hope uh, we have opened a new door for you. Mary Lou Williams, very nice touch, huh? You are, of course, listening to your buddy the Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station, where with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. And I went to a radio convention years and years ago, and there was a man there who used to be on a main radio station who now, or at that time, ran a station out in California or someplace. And he stood up in front of the group and he said, every 15 minutes, tell people who you are and what you're all about. Because people tune in halfway through and they wonder, who in the devil is that am I listening to? I'd like to know who that was. So ever since I heard that, I have tried to remind you every 15 minutes or so, you are listening to the humble farmer. Thank you for listening. You know how you only half read some things that when you look at them quickly and you just glance at it and you only half read it. While posting a comment on ATN's Facebook page, my eye inadvertently scanned an ad on the side of the page that, and I thought this ad said, Explore Your Paternity. When I looked closer, I saw that it said, Explore Your Personality. But think about this. In the milliseconds that it takes the brain to process such data, my brain rationalized explore your paternity, assuming it was a slanderous commentary on our rural lifestyle. Thank you. 
just read the notes on that and it says this was recorded in 1988 when Harry Allen was 21 years old and I played him last week if you were listening you might remember and I thought it, on this particular tune you could hear Scott, uh, Scott Hamilton very I think he was very much influenced by Scott Hamilton and I didn't realize that the recording I was listening to last week all the tunes I didn't realize that he was only 21 years old. I, I thought it was kind of lean playing for Harry Allen. My word, what a monster he is. He's come a long way in 88, 98, so many years. Thank, you've been to see your doctor recently, and you can clearly see in your mind the elevated table you sit on when you are poked and prodded. You sit up on the end of the table and sometimes you are asked to lie back down on the table. You sit on a huge sheet of wrapping paper that unrolls from the top of the table. When you're gone, hopefully they tear off the wrinkled paper you were sitting on and unroll some more for the next customer. But here's something new, something new. At a recent visit, I was greeted by a huge photograph of a sad-looking young man that was printed on this paper I was sitting on. And at the top of it, it said, Male Low Testosterone Medical Research Study. And beneath that, on this paper that I was sitting on, right next to the man's picture, it said, Lack of Energy, Low Sex Drive. It's hard to admit, but that's me. Now, I laughed when I saw this. You can believe I was staggered. And I even asked if I could have some. I brought a square yard of it home with me, the to film and show my television friends. Now you know, as well as I do, that the doctor didn't pay for that paper. But can you believe that pill salesmen have got two-foot square ads printed in color on the very paper that you sit on when you visit your physician for a physical? With creative genius like this unleashed, you know that advertising printed on some other paper can't be far behind.
and she gets out of this. I'm not even watching, and she's gone. My friend Winky, I told you about my friend Winky, fishing off the end of the dock in Tense Harbor. Did I mention that? This big sailboat came alongside the dock there and tied up, and Winky got chatting with the young fellow who owned it. And Winky said to that young fellow, I bet you never did a day's work in your life. And the young fella said that this was true. And Winky said, Well, you ain't missed a thing. For our first tune this evening, we'd like to play one of our recordings, Pacific Jazz recording, Long Ago and Far Away.
Chet Baker. Ooh, you're listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. With any luck at all, I'm here every week at this time playing old-fashioned music just for you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. One of my all-time favorite comments came from Mr. Alan Pease, who was my history teacher back when I was an undergraduate at Gorham Normal School, 1962-1963 or so. I have this paper. I can show it to you. On the margin of my essay, Mr. Pease wrote, This is very well written, but you haven't said anything. I cherish that remark because over 50 years ago, Mr. Pease saw something that directed the course of my life. Years later, when my humor column was carried in dozens of newspapers, I realized that, as Mr. Pease had noticed, I was incapable of original thought, but had some small talent when it came to synthesis. That's a nice way of saying that I was never to be more than an editor for the wit and perception of my witty friends. So, besides immediately writing down every interesting thing I heard, I also, I used to, I cultivated a coterie of witty friends who filled pages of my notebooks with good things. I adapted these good things for newspapers, the radio, television, and the stage, and this is the point of this commentary today. You heard me say that I adapted the comments of my friends. That is, I often had to, well, I had to tweak a story this way or that to get the most power out of it. You can be sure that other writers or storytellers have done the same thing for ages. Is this not a sobering point for reflection? No good story is ever quite true. I admit it. I just read that last sentence in a book.
Brad Terry. Brad Terry was rehearsing for a concert with uh, a group of high school kids, and one trumpet player couldn't get the intro right on fascinating rhythm. That's a very hard thing. I could never play fascinating rhythm. I couldn't do it. Anyway, when everyone else had left, Brad worked with this kid for two hours trying to get the intro right on fascinating rhythm. And after two hours, Brad said, well, you've got it perfect now for the concert tomorrow. And the kid said, I'm not playing the concert. I only came in to help out with the rehearsal.
Thank you for listening. Ghana. Of course, I'm the humble farmer. Then it'll look it all. I'll be back here next week. Right here on your favorite station playing old-fashioned music just for you. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. Of course, I'd love to hear from you. My friend Winky and I were in the men's room at one of them fast food places in Rockland when Winky hollered at me from the stall. On the other side of the stall, Winky was in there. Winky hollers, any paper towels out there? And I said, no, no, it's only one of them uh, air-drying machines. And Winky said, can I, can I have your handkerchief? I felt in my pocket, and I said, bad news, Winky. I forgot to bring a handkerchief this morning. Winky said, have you got two fives for a ten? <laughs>